welcome back. Um, this is episode three, and I'm so glad to see you. we will get started on talking about self-efficacy, mental health, and what you should do when you go to the doctor. Because guess what? I'm a certified doula and a student midwife, so I love to give everyone a well-rounded education, even though I know I'm not fully qualified. I understand that. But I do have a bunch of experience and life just be like that some way sometimes what does self-advocacy look like i guess it looks like you going into your doctor's office knowing exactly how you feel and listening to your body and not letting anyone sway you the one thing that i really want to stress is that we tell people who are going in for serious illnesses that they need to push hard for those answers and they need to get second opinions and they need to come in with certain types of questions and they can come in with as many people as they want because they want to make sure that all these people understand what's going on so that they can better explain it to the person that it's happening to. But why don't we tell regular people that that's what they should be doing too? Because let's be honest, sometimes doctors don't know the answers. You're the one that knows the answer. Case in point, I was having a really difficult time um, last year. Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was last year. Um, I had been taking birth control. Uh, It was probably my my first try trying it. Oh my gosh, this was a long time ago. I'm kind of losing it now, but it was a while ago. And it was my first time trying birth control. I I have very erratic um, periods and they're really intense. So I kind of wanted to help that. And also I wanted to have sex with my boyfriend um, a little bit less like, I don't want to say carefree because that sounds ridiculous and if you're having sex on the pill, you should definitely be having sex with the condom. But I guess I wanted to have sex a little bit and not have to worry about the, like if we were to be pregnant and pregnancy scares in my head would be a little bit less. Um, I was young. I was naive. I thought that this is what I wanted. I live a pretty holistic life other than the fact that I'm chunky and I like food, but I, I, I tend to try to live my life in a little bit of a holistic standpoint of trying not to take as many medications and I get my vitamins from the food that I eat. I try to get a little bit of exercise, even though I'm lazy. Like I just, I try so hard to, um, take care of myself in the best way possible. And in the best way possible in my head, it's to just, you know, I don't know, be holistic, I guess with that. Everyone has different views. You're more than welcome to disagree with me. I'm not saying to do this. But anyway, so I decided to get on birth control and I don't remember what brand it was, but I was on it for, I want to say a few months. It was like maybe three months. I told myself I was going to give it three months um, just because, you know, it wasn't so bad. My periods were light. I didn't really gain weight. My blood pressure was low. Like there was no really big side effects. The only thing was, is that I, I 
was having extreme anxiety and depression. And I suffer from a tiny bit of anxiety. Like I'm a, I'm a little bit of an anxious person when it comes to uh, if you give me an appointment for 1130 and I will leave the house at 10 o'clock because I don't want to be late and I will sit in my car until 1130 because, and, and not even at 11, I will sit in my car until 1110. I will show up at your door at 1115 because I will walk as slow as fucking possible because I don't want to be late. And that is how anxious I am. But, um, anyways, so I, <clears throat> I I would say I'm not super, super, like I'm not one of those people that um, has to take anxiety medication, if that makes sense. So like I've never been um, severely anxious. I've never had a severe anxiety or depression, um, but I was starting to get very negative thoughts um, through my, when I was on birth control. And I also had to get an annual physical and I noticed that, and they noticed that my thyroid levels were a little bit higher, um, which could contribute to the, um, heightened anxiety and depression just cause it does fuck with your emotions. You know, everything about your body fucks with your mental health too. But point is, is I was sitting in my room one day and this is when I r- realized that I definitely needed to get the hell off of this medication is because I was sitting in my room one day and I was sobbing. I don't know why I was sobbing, but I was sobbing. Oh, I need to take a drink. Give me one second. I I had waited because I lived with three other people. And I knew that they were all leaving because they all had stuff to do. And my it was like a weekend and my man wasn't coming up. And, it, and by all means, like I'm not a clingy girlfriend. Like I pretend to be, I, I don't pretend to be, I am a clingy girlfriend, but I'm not as clingy as I pretend to be. Like I, I like my alone time. I've always liked my alone time. I'm an introvert. I'm an introverted extrovert. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, he wasn't coming that weekend. My friends all had plans. Um, and I was just going to stay in and study because Again, I was in, I'm in college or I was in college and they left and I, I said bye to them. I had a smile on my face. I was in the best mood possible. And just like that, the minute the door closed, I closed my room door. I shut off the lights and it was probably like six o'clock at night. I shut off the lights. I didn't eat anything. I hadn't eaten anything that whole week because I hadn't had an appetite. I just wasn't feeling it. I just felt awful about myself. I'm pretty sure I lost a few pounds. I not noticeable. I was still chubby, but you know, chubby girl probs. But um, I wasn't drinking. I I drank water, but I wasn't like you know nothing to contribute to this episode. But I started sobbing, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop to the point where I started hyperventilating, and I I couldn't stop. And then all of a sudden, these thoughts of, well, my friends hate me, my boyfriend hates me, I hate myself, I'm going to fail everything that I do, I can't live with the way that I am. And then all of a sudden, and I've never, I've, the last time I had thoughts of anything, so this is a huge trigger warning, um, suicidal thoughts. So if you or anyone has ever suffered from, um, suicidal thoughts or have had suicide in their life, um, 
with friends or family or anything, I want you to know that there are resources in which you can reach out to um, to get help for that, for counseling. Um, and also, if you've ever suffered yourself from thoughts of suicides or attempts of suicide, just know that you're not alone. Um, you could always reach out to anyone, and in particular, um, you could always... It's, you're not alone. You could always reach out to anyone. There's resources out there for you. But so during this, during this hyperventilation, I'm trying to calm myself. I'm looking in the mirror, looking at myself, and I'm, I'm not, I'm thinking it, but, it, but I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but when you have an out-of-body experience to the point where you, you know that that's what your thoughts are saying, you know that that's like your thoughts your thoughts, but you're not consciously making that effort of saying it, if that makes sense. It sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but it's, it's, it's how I was feeling. Like I knew that's not how I genuinely felt like in my heart, but my mind was saying, you're ugly, you're fat, um, you're stupid, you're going to fail. And then it said, you should just kill yourself. And that's when I looked at myself in the face, in the mirror, and I kept saying that, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. Everyone hates you. Looked at myself in the mirror and I said, stop it, Stephanie. This is not you. And I know this isn't for everyone. This is how I calmed myself. And I usually am able to calm myself if I'm looking at myself and I'm taking, trying to take deep breaths in and be in the moment and not thinking about the future, the past, anything. I'm just thinking about calming myself and counting to 10, but nothing was working. So I looked at myself and I said, Stephanie, stop it. This is not you. This is, I don't know what this is. We need to stop. Calm down, take a breath, count to 10, hold it for 10, and exhale it. So that's what I did for, for 10 times. <laughs> the voices were still there. I'm not going to lie. They were still in my head. I just had stopped sobbing, and I stopped hyperventilating. I eventually was able to calm myself down, climb into bed, and I booked myself an appointment for my doctor again to talk to her because that was out of control. I've, I hadn't had those thoughts since about eighth grade. <laughs> I hadn't had thoughts of like suicide or even, even the hateful speech to myself. I always try to be so kind to myself. I know just now I call myself chubby and chunky, but it's like a playful banter with myself. I've know it. I know I let the the freshman 15 plus COVID 15 plus whatever. Like whatever I like I know I need to take care of myself more in that sense, but it's not in this it's not me trying to be degrading towards myself in any way. It's me just acknowledging that this is my reality rather than and you know it's always good at some point to like, I don't want to say make fun of yourself, but like make light of situations like that rather than, but it was just, it was th that it was intense. It took over my whole body and I was shaking. And I remember I said, I can't tell anyone this because the minute I tell Mike, um, he'll, Oh, I thought he would think I was crazy. And I know now being with him for six years that he definitely would not think I was crazy. He would 
be scared. And I think I did tell him after the fact that I calmed myself down and I was like, okay, this has just happened. Um, and he said, you need to go to the doctor and you need to just tell them what's going on because I, I want, I don't, I, I need you here. And I, I, I mean, I, again, I don't know how long this was ago, but he, he was very supportive and I'm so glad that I have someone that's very supportive. Um, but yeah. And, but I remember thinking to myself, I can't tell my roommates and I can't tell my friends because I, I don't want them to think I'm crazy. Like something is going on clearly and I don't want them to think that I'm psychotic. So I kept it to myself and I didn't even tell my mom and the, now thinking back, I probably should have told her. I did tell her I was on birth control and then I wasn't eating because I wasn't really hungry. And she was like, well, why aren't you hungry? And I remember thinking, well, I don't know. I just don't have the drive to eat. And she told me that, um, well, she didn't think I needed to be on birth control just because as long as I'm using condoms, there shouldn't be an issue. And that... You know, we have a history of fibroids in our family, or I don't know, cysts in our family, or something. And she just didn't want me to have that extra factor, and I kind of just rolled it off my like the back of my head. The point is, I went to the doctor and I had the conversation with her where I said, "I I think it might be this birth control." Oh, to premise the birth control the pill, um, she had prescribed me a non-generic brand, but my insurance didn't cover it and I couldn't pay the $700 for it. So I paid a hundred dollars for the generic brand and got reimbursed for a blah, blah, blah. So I was having the generic brand of the birth control that she prescribed. And I later looked it up because I was talking to Mike, my partner after this conversation and he like after the conversation I had with the doctor and he suggested that I look up the brand, look up the reviews and go from there because she didn't give me great answers. But I remember telling her like, I need answers. Like I need to know why I'm feeling like this. Like this is not okay. And she said, well, maybe you're just depressed. Like maybe you just didn't realize that you were this depressed. And I said, no, like I know deep down in my heart, this isn't me. Like there's no reason in my core why I should be feeling like this because because I have great coping mechanisms that help me handle situations that do make me anxious to the point where I don't get depressed. And I don't feel that I need medication. Even at my lowest in high school, I didn't feel like, like I never needed medication. I just needed good tools in my tool belt, I guess, to handle these situations. So I told her I didn't think that that was it. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to prescribe you something. And if you feel that you need it, you can go grab it. And I said, no, thanks. I don't want that. She said, yeah, well, I really don't think it's the birth control. And I said, well, that's the only thing that's changed. She said, yeah, but maybe you should just, I don't know. I think it might be better if we take this antidepressant. I said, mm-hmm. no, thanks. Um, I... 
don't think this is working for me and I'm probably going to stop taking the birth control, but thank you. And I said, I don't think I'm going to come. Like I, I made a conscious decision in my head. I was like, I don't think I'm going to come back to this doctor's office. And the one thing that she said as I was walking out was because I had found this doctor on an app, on a doctor finder app, the ZocDoc or whatever. And she had said, well, don't forget to write me. <laughs> and I just laughed. I was like, okay. I won't forget to write you. Because I had also asked in this visit if I can get uh, my blood work done. Because I was like, there like there has to be an imbalance in something. Because also I know that um, anything to do with your mental health, there like m- sometimes there's an imbalance. Like especially if it's out of nowhere, there's an imbalance of like something chemical makeup in your in your blood that can show up. So I was like, okay, I just want to look for that. She was like. I don't think that you need unnecessary blood work. <laughs> I was asking for it. She should have been able to give it to me, but say la vie. Anyways, so I left. I stopped taking the birth control. The voices in my head went away. <laughs> I felt like a schizophrenic when it was happening, but the negative energy in my head went away, I guess. And I started feeling better. And this is, I let it, I didn't fully like understand what was going on until three months later because I let it kind of fully digest out of my system. And I looked up the generic medication, the, the birth control. And I, 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 if, if I remember what it was called, I'll let every, I'll like post about it or something, but I really don't remember what it was. But I, on majority of the views, I want to say it was about 85% of the view of the reviews on the on this um, birth control. Women were experiencing high anxiety and depression even though they hadn't experienced any of those feelings prior and two women had experienced like two of let's say two of five women had experienced um, suicidal thoughts. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh. And it might have just been because of the excess excess estrogen and a combination of stress and all that thing. But who knows what it might have been. But the fact that I asked for blood work to be done to make sure that it wasn't an, an imbalance of something where I could fix or, you know, honestly, just to be listened to other than to be thrown medication at would have been nice. But... No, that's like the only story I really have that really like speaks to that portion because I don't typically go to the doctor that often. I know that sounds crazy. Most people don't like that I say that, but it's the truth. I, I, it's not that I hate going to the doctor. I actually enjoy knowing that I'm okay, but it's the fact that sometimes I just don't feel listened to. Like I feel like Sometimes they feel that they know my body more than I do, and that's not true. I run the show, and as do you when you go to the doctor, the show does not happen. So, you know, like the theater show, quote unquote, does not happen unless you tell them what's going on. And you can't just willy-nilly take medications. I mean, although I just went to the allergist, and she was like, take this, take that, and this will make you feel better. And I was, and I'm dying, so I was like, yeah. I'll take whatever the fuck you want me to take because I want to make sure that I don't feel like shit anymore. But the difference is is that she was able to listen to me and 
hear without listening to talk of all my symptoms and my environment that's going around. So the big thing about self-advocacy is to feel empowered. Empower yourself to know that you're allowed to question your doctor and you're allowed to say, hey, I'm not going to come back. I don't really like this doctor. This doctor and I don't vibe. Like, you're just, you're a client. Like, think of yourself as a client, not a patient. You're paying this doctor. Like, whether it's your insurance or you're paying them out of pocket, like, you are the deciding factor as to what happens during your treatment process. So if you don't like the answers you're getting because you don't feel that they fit with your symptoms, go somewhere else. Get a second opinion. Like there's no no one to there shouldn't be anyone that tells you that you shouldn't or that you're crazy. You're you can be as quote unquote crazy, although that's normal to have to be questioning people. Like you should always be curious not curious always be skeptical that's i'm gonna call you guys my skeptics because it's the big theme of this is you have to be skeptical to be the perfect client slash patient like you shouldn't just take what people say including myself for what it is take it with a grain of salt do your own research and then come to your own conclusions like that's the biggest thing like don't if I tell you that a fish has nine lives and you're like, oh okay, <laughs> you can tell me to my face like, no, it's not, no, it doesn't. But like, it's the same thing. Like, if you're able to like openly be like, ha ha, she's a dumbass, you should be able to openly say to someone that's trying to give you medical advice. Um, I'm sorry, I don't really want to pump myself full of Valium for three days because you don't want to put in the work into finding out what's wrong with me or even knowing maybe what or like trying to get to the bottom of what changed what else changed in my life like not asking me like I don't variety of things a variety of things could be the answer to your questions that you have for them anyways That's my show on self-advocacy. If you have any more questions, please, please, please. I would love to hear your guys' stories about times that you've self-advocated for yourself or um, just times that you felt that you weren't being heard and that you wish you would have used more self-advocacy or ways in which you find that people don't realize that they should advocate for themselves in areas that you feel that they should. Um, Again, you can DM me. Um, on my Instagram, Stephanie.Isabel, or on my Facebook, Stephanie Wiesar, that's H-U-I-Z-A-R. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Love you. Bye.